Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by sharing and showing the love of Christ and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now, here is this week's message from Pastor Floyd Hughes. Morning, Crossroads. Welcome to our Sunday morning worship celebration uh, where we love... uh, Celebrating Jesus, even amidst times of concern and fear and chaos, which is kind of what we're dealing with now. Uh, So we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. Uh, We're going to spend some time talking about the elephant in the room, you know, the the chaos and the panic that is gripping our culture, Uh, the coronavirus, and how the we how we the people of God should be kind of reacting and dealing with this. Uh, But the first thing that I want to do is I would like to spend a moment or two in prayer. Um, So if you would just bow your head with me. Uh, God, we just pray right now for just all of those people uh, who are impacted by this disease. We pray for uh, all the congregations that are kind of dealing with the hardships of dealing with uh, the coronavirus and the quarantines and the uh, global pandemic. Uh, But we pray that this morning that the people of God, whether they are gathered online or whether they are gathered in homes or whether they are gathered together in buildings, that they would be the church, that we would be continuing to celebrate you this morning Uh, to lift you up in praise, to give you the glory that you are due, and to be in prayer for all those who are hurting and and who need to just experience some relief right now. Uh, And we pray that there would be a cessation, uh, a stopping, a limiting of the panic that's going on right now. And we pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, and everyone said, amen. Amen, amen. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm trying to make sure that uh, I'm also able to catch any of the comments that come in. So, uh, as I said, we're going to do things a little bit different this morning. Normally, um, we would be talking about 1 Corinthians, uh, but we're actually going to spend some time talking about the elephant in the room and uh, really just talk about how the church can react, should react, what we can do. Uh, to help stop some of the chaos that's going on right now, some of the panic that's going on right now uh, related to the coronavirus. Um, And just so everyone knows, uh, this has been a rough week for everyone on the planet. So I I get that we're dealing with a lot of stuff, uh, but a lot of people have been hurting. Uh, A lot of people have been on both sides of the conversation. A lot of people have been panicking. A lot of people have been impacted by those who are panicking and and just going crazy. So um, it's a rough week. A lot of pastors, myself included, we've had a rough week. Uh, For a lot of people, uh, there's life is continuing to go on. They may not have been impacted by the panic, uh, but they've lost loved ones. Uh, You know, jobs are impacted. So around the globe, uh, this is something that, sad to say, but even though it is harsh, is making everyone on the planet realize that we're all connected, okay? Uh, Even though we're different racially, we're different culturally, we're different nationally, uh, we're we're all connected. Um, 
So as we continue this morning uh, and have this discussion, if you have questions or stuff that, that pop up, post them in the comments. We have people that are watching for your questions in the comments to try to make sure that they get addressed. At the same time, I gotta be 100% honest, there's a 20 some odd second delay, so I may miss your comments as they come up. We have people that are watching and, and hopefully they'll get answered. Uh, and I wanna start by saying this, uh, when I, it was earlier this week, before everything kinda went downhill, uh, that I had decided that we were gonna stop, instead of walking through 1 Corinthians, that we were gonna actually take some time and talk about the elephant in the room. Let's, let's talk about the coronavirus. So I reached out to a couple of pastors that I know um, to ask them, you know, hey, have you guys done this before? How has this gone? I reached out to a, a small group. We have a Facebook group of small church pastors, about 5,000 of us, reached out to them and said, how has this gone? And the response was harsh. <laughs> Like people saying that, you know, you, you, I'm, I'm basically the devil because I'm not preaching God's word. I'm taking time to address the concerns that are on people's minds. Uh, so I wanted to share something with you really quickly so that, because I know there are people, different church backgrounds. We have different ways of dealing with stuff. But I want to share something with you quickly. Uh, it is a biblical precedent for a pastor to stop and to take time and to address the concerns of the people. Jesus did it all the time. In the middle of preaching, someone comes up and says, hey, my daughter's sick, can you heal him? He addressed that. Um, he was in the middle of going somewhere. There was a funeral procession. He stopped, he addressed that. Uh, and even Paul, even though we're not gonna continue in Corinthians, we're gonna address this. Uh, but I wanna share a quick verse with you. Uh, Paul, in 1 Corinthians, the next chapter that we were actually going to, uh, he writes this, and I don't know, I want you guys to see so you don't have to pull out your Bibles. Hopefully you can see the screen. If not, uh, let me know in the comments. And if you can't hear me, let me know in the comments. Uh, but Paul says, now for the matters that you wrote about, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. We're not talking about sexual relations this morning, but we are acknowledging the fact that Paul in the middle of preaching to them about the things and addressing the things he wanted to address, said, hey, I want to talk about the things that are important to you guys, the matters that you guys wrote about. I want to respond to the things that are important to you. So that's what we're doing as a church. That's what we're doing online. And I, I pray other churches are doing it as well, that uh, they're stopping to address something that's a global concern to everyone. Um, because it's important. Every person on the globe is impacted by this right now. So I, I, I wanna pray really quick this morning uh, that it's being addressed. God, we just pray that, uh, yeah, we want your word to be preached, we want the gospel to be shared, we want people to be comforted, but we also want to make sure that the people of God are talking about the things that are important and that matter in our communities. And so we pray that uh, you give wisdom and insight to me, to every pastor that's preaching, whether they're gathering in homes, whether they're doing it online. And we pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. Amen. So this is one of the things, reasons why a lot of people look and they say the church is irrelevant is because they look at things like this that are going on. And this, this was the thing that I had to pray to. They look at things like this that are going on in the communities and then they walk into a church 
and they're hoping that, you know, they're giving some, people are giving some guidance on how to deal with what's going on in their life, and instead they're talking about, you know, here's the way to make your marriage better, which is what Paul addresses next in Corinthians. Uh, but this is one of the reasons why we're having this conversation is because it's important. Now, I do a podcast with Mark Berkshire, and we actually went to a restaurant earlier this week, uh, and we sat down, and we, in a very crowded restaurant, shout out to VMV's Kitchen. If you haven't been there, great food. Don't know if you should go there now, because <laughs> uh, people are not supposed to be gathering. But um, great food. We sat down, uh, and the first few minutes of that conversation we had in the restaurant before they brought us our food, talking about how the people of faith should be responding instead of with panic, instead of with criticism, instead of judging others, how they should be responding to this. And then, you know, after we ate our food, we went outside and continued in our car. So here's the first thing, really quickly. First thing, people of God should not be a part of spreading fear and increasing panic and increasing chaos. That should not happen. Not because we're better than anyone else, not because we know anything that people don't know, but if we are claiming to have the peace of God, then we should not be a part of spreading panic and chaos and fear, right? Because we have God's peace. The local church, every local church, should be a place of stability and comfort. And this was one of the things I struggled with uh, because uh, some of the local pastors in this area uh, we were kind of emailing back and forth on, should we gather? Should we have our messages online? And <laughs> Christy said, VMV, VNV Scratch Kitchen will bring takeout food to people's cars. Awesome for them. Really good food. Um, but we were deciding, you know, I was like, should we gather? Some pastors were like, nope, uh, it's a national, you know, state of emergency. We're not going to gather. And I was like, I'm going to gather because... I wanted, if, if someone is, is right now like scared and looking for God and like, hey, I want to know what God has to say about this, and this is the only opportunity they get to maybe really think about God in their lives, I wanted the doors to be open. And then I prayed about it, and then I went to a meeting uh, with the crew, and we'll talk about one of their events later, uh, and Larry Johnson was saying that you know, the event that we had planned, the Holiday House, to provide free meals and food for people uh, that we should cancel it. And his thinking was, if just one person were to get sick and they were to trace it back to being there, he's like, how could we recover from that? And I, 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 I was like, that hit me. I actually called him yesterday morning. I said, we're, we're going to we're gonna have to close and just do online because if one person shows up here, great, they're seeking God, but if they end up getting sick... Um, or if they end up getting me sick or getting my family sick, that, that's not going to be a good testament to God. So uh, here's the other thing. There are so many people right now that are arguing and debating on whether or not you can still be the church if you're only doing online. Uh, the, the reason why we are right now doing what we're doing is because in the book of Acts, the church was dispersed. They scattered. They couldn't meet in homes anymore. Right now, the largest growing church on the planet uh, is in Iran. They're not meeting in public. There are underground churches in China that are growing like crazy. They're not meeting in public. The church is not the building that we gather in. The church is the people of God when we put our faith and our trust in him. And we do what we can to, again, stop the tide of chaos that's going on. 
Okay? So uh, now here's the thing. Uh, we have to be uh, pretty um, cautious on the type of things that we post, right? Uh, because we don't want to increase the panic. We don't want to increase the chaos. One of the things we can do is make sure the information that we are posting is accurate, that that's cool. Uh, we can continue to post. If you're posting like verses and all that stuff and encouragement, that's great. Uh, memes are always good. I mean, it may be too soon, depending on the type of meme, to make fun. But memes are always good because we need to smile right now. But we definitely need to make sure the information that we're communicating uh, is accurate so that we're not contributing uh, to the panic and to the chaos. And we're always encouraging and promoting peace. Now, uh, here's the other thing, because there's a lot of people that are still Christians, non-Christians, that are still, this thing isn't important. But here's, here's from a church perspective, from a people of God perspective, whether it's from the coronavirus or a flu or a mass shooting, anything that takes one single life matters to God, so it should matter to us. Uh, if there's uh, you know, a, a flu virus and people are saying no one cared about the flu, the people of God should care about it. People are talking about the, the starving you know, kids and kids who won't get lunches, and uh, the people of God should care about it. If even one life is impacted, uh, then it matters to God. And if it matters to God, then it should matter to uh, the people of God. We should kind of take that seriously. So really quick, I wanted to share some things that um, common sense stuff that we can do to help also stop the spread. And I know Christy and I were looking at pictures last night online of people New York, people downtown, because it was St. Patrick's Day, in the bars, in the clubs, drinking, hanging out. That's not what we want to do right now. Uh, and I heard one of the medical experts say uh, for the state, that, or actually at the federal level, the only way we're going to tell if this kind of self-quarantining, uh, social distancing will work is if the people actually do it, and then two weeks later we look, and we see what happened. But if no one's doing it, it's not going to work. And from a biblical perspective, uh, let me share this verse with you. In the book of Leviticus, this is what it says. The Lord said to Moses, these are the regulations for any diseased person at the time of their ceremonial cleansing, when they are brought to the priest. Priest is to go outside the camp, and he's to examine them. The whole idea was that if they were sick or something was going on, there was supposed to be a, a, an isolation and a cleansing to them. Then in verse 8, it says this, the person to be cleansed, wash their clothes, shave off all their hair, bathe with water, then they will be ceremonially unclean, and then after that, they could come into the camp. Again, the idea that there would be isolation, the idea that God would remove anyone who had any disease, any sickness, or, or something going on. God would take the time to remove them from the general population. Uh, uh, and then, uh, if you're reading in the book of Numbers, uh, and for those of you that don't know, if you're just joining us online, uh, we're kind of reading through the Bible together. So we just, it's not by accident that we just finished reading through a lot of this information in Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, where God isolated his people and gave them instructions like this. Command the Israelites, send away from the camp anyone who has a defiling skin disease or a discharge of any kind 
or who is ceremonially unclean because of a dead body, because if they came in contact with a dead body, um, then it was likely that they contracted other diseases as well, uh, uh, bacteria and all that kind of stuff. So God's mandate, I know we're a technically advanced group of people in a technically advanced nation, but God's mandate still holds true because it's the same thing that the CDC is saying, that is to wash your hands, uh, keep clean, uh, every time you come into or think something that might be impacted or every time you walk into your house, wash your hands, wipe off your phone, and avoid close contact. Same thing that God said thousands of years ago, the same way that God maintained millions of people in the desert w w without you know, any chemicals or medicines, without any, any, uh, any biotics. It was just isolation and washing. That, that's, that's God's way of doing it. Same thing the CDC says today. Wash your hands and isolate yourself. And I get that people want to hang out uh, and people want to do these types of things, but we're just going to prolong it and we're going to make it worse uh, the more we continue to gather. And again, I'm not saying anything negative against churches that are gathering this morning. If they are, I pray that God puts a hedge of protection around them and that they are keeping their distance. Uh, my aunt sent me a picture from a women's conference she was at this weekend. And, uh, you know, there were like three or four chairs in between every person. They were keeping their distance. but They were still gathering together to worship God. Uh, so it's, it's just a matter of keeping your distance, washing your hands, keeping clean, and that we can all get through this together. Right? But one of the biggest things that we as the people of God have to do is we have to stop the panic. This is the time for us to be the church. If you're a Christ follower, we should not be running around uh, like Chicken Little yelling, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Uh, we should be running around to other people, encouraging them uh, to, to, again, follow the, the, the mandates to you know, wash your hands, to self-isolate and social distancing, and to trust God. And I, I posted this earlier. I'm not saying this because it's in the Bible, although it is. I'm not saying this just because I'm a pastor. I'm saying trust God because I've been in situations where I had nowhere else to turn but God, and God has protected me, God has saved me, and, and there is no one else to turn to in this global situation but God. So uh, we as the people of God should not be promoting panic, we should be promoting peace. Uh, we should be demonstrating peace. In other words, we should, with our words, with our posts, with our actions, uh, we should be the ones who are out there encouraging people, checking on people, uh, using our time and our talents to say, how can we help uh, those in our community who may not be able to help themselves? So this is not a time to panic. Uh, also, and I don't mean to be negative, but this is not an apocalyptic plague, right? I've seen so many people talking about these are the plagues that, that God talks about in the book of Revelations, and I'm sorry if you think that, but you are wrong. Uh, they, they are not, uh, for one reason, because specifically there are other things that happened before those plagues. Um, and we can debate whether or not the church will be here. I know a lot of people think the church will be here in Revelations. A lot of people will think it will be gone. We can debate that all day long. Uh, and you can, you're free to disagree with me if you want to be wrong. But... Biblically, God lays out in his words specific things that will happen in the end times. Yes, we are in the last days. No, this is not an apocalyptic plague. This is not one of the vials that God poured out to cause this plague. 
This is a man-made plague. This is the result of man doing stupid things, and this is the impact. Uh, so this is not an apocalyptic plague. This is a cause for legitimate concern. Those people that are sitting and saying this is no worse than the flu, uh, uh, again, uh, it, we're not doctors, I'm not a doctor, but if people are dying from it, it is a legitimate concern. If someone loses their life from it, it is a legitimate concern. We should take it seriously. Uh, we should follow whatever the protocols are. Um, this does not mean if they say, hey, you can't gather, and so churches don't gather, it doesn't mean you're not being the church. It doesn't mean you're not showing faith in God. You know, if uh, in California, when the wildfires were going around, um, <laughs> when the wildfires were going around, uh, you would not have been the faithful ones to sit there and say, we're just going to sit here and you can't tell us we can't gather as the church. You would have been the burned dead ones, but that doesn't mean you would have been the faithful ones, especially when God was having people go in and, and remove people. So again, this is a cause for legitimate concern. It doesn't mean you do not have faith in God if you choose not to gather or because your pastor... Uh, uh, makes a common sense call to say we're not going to be the place that draws people into where they can get sick or spread the disease further. So um, again, not a plague of biblical proportions. It is a cause for concern. This is not a time, though, to be selfish and to take advantage of people. Uh, I've seen online, and you guys have probably seen it too, where uh, prices are going up and people are charging higher prices for things that they know people, and I'm not referring to toilet paper, I think we've, we've killed all the toilet paper memes, so those are done. But we've done those to death. Uh, but this is not a time to be taking advantage. So if you are a small business owner or you know of someone who is, this is not the time to raise your prices uh, because you know certain things are gonna be in demand. Right? And I'll give you an example. There was a, a woman called The Food Babe. Uh, she's a food blogger, health activist, uh, created a company to make healthy foods uh, with you know, pure ingredients, with no chemicals and all that stuff. And so when all of this started happening, uh, there were some herbs and, and things that people take to help boost your immune system. Uh, and online, the prices literally tripled. For hers, she cut the prices in half because she knows, hey, this is something that people are going to need. And if you're a Christian, this is not a time to be selfish. This is a time when we should be showing extreme generosity. This is a time where, yeah, maybe you check with your neighbors and say, hey, instead of all of us going to the grocery store at once, why don't I make a run and I'll get something this, you know, today, and a couple of days later, someone else can go so there's not all this mass exodus, and so that if you have elderly people in your community, maybe you call them up and say, hey, I'm going to go to the store for you so you don't have to go out and get exposed. I'll come bring the groceries. I'll leave them on your doorstep. We'll worry about, you know, you paying me or whatever later. Uh, but this is a time for the church to show up. And especially because school's out for two weeks, and uh, I know a lot of areas are having the same discussion. Because school's out for two weeks, uh, there are a lot of school-aged kids the only food they were getting, breakfast and lunch, were at school. And now a lot of those kids have no access to food because school is closed for two weeks. And so there are people trying to figure out, 
How can we help them? How can we get food to them? Uh, there are a lot of people who, because businesses are closing, are going to be out of work. They're, they're not going to have money. And for some people, hey, to, be out, to miss a whole week of work uh, and not get paid is going to make it hard. To miss two weeks of work is going to make it impossible. And if this goes further, like for three weeks or four, which, and there's the likelihood that it may, they are going to be beyond hurting. And maybe this is the time that the church says, hey, how can we help you? How can we be there for you? Uh, not just from a monetary standpoint, but how can we show up to be the church to you, to help you through this hard time? These are some of the things that uh, everyone kind of has to think through now. So um, I just want to address some of the things that we're going to be doing uh, from a crossroads perspective. Um, for example, we are going to continue to have um, online Sunday celebrations, but uh, a lot of the things we had planned going up into April are canceled. Uh, we were going to have that huge around-the-table South conversation, uh, big food and discussion. Uh, that's been canceled. Um, the Holiday House that the Crew Missions was putting on, which was to offer uh, a free meal, open free meal for people in the community uh, on Palm Sunday, that has been canceled. Um, we were doing a shoe drive uh, to raise money for the food locker at CCAC South, uh, but that has been canceled because CCAC South has kind of closed their doors and, uh, and, and made the decision, hey, they're going to do all their stuff online uh, for their students uh, until I think the middle or end of April. Uh, so we, we had to cancel the shoe drive uh, that you guys were helping to sponsor, so we're not going to be doing that either. Uh, but we are going to continue going forward uh, to have our online Sunday celebrations. Um, I had a live stream in our closed church Facebook group yesterday to kind of answer questions and pray with people. Uh, and starting tomorrow, and you guys let me know, we'll, we'll kind of gauge it, but on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday of each week going forward uh, at about 7 p.m., uh, we're going to have an online prayer time so that we, the people of God, can come together and pray, because I think that's important. We need to be in prayer about this. Uh, yeah, uh, it's going to take a lot of people coming together at the government level, at the, uh, within the medical profession, to kind of help resolve and get us through this. Uh, but do not think that that will happen without the people of God coming together and praying. We're going to need a lot of prayer to make it through this. So uh, every night, starting tomorrow night, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, not every night, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday night, uh, we're going to kind of live stream a group prayer session and ask people to join us. If you're available to join us, great. If you're not, that's okay, too. Uh, if you're not able to jump online but you remember, oh, they're praying right now, stop where you are and just join us, and we're going to just pray uh, for this whole time. And a quick Thank you and shout out to Marion Metzger who kind of put a bug in my ear about the fact that we should be spending more time in prayer. Definitely we should do it. It shouldn't take a global epidemic to do it. Unfortunately, it did. So uh, we're going to continue to, uh, for the next couple of weeks, do our Sunday celebrations online. Um, we're going to, for the next couple of weeks, and we'll see how things play out, on Monday and Wednesday and Friday night, get together online and pray and live stream our, our prayer time together. Um, 
and, and I will say this because these are a couple of people asking about this. Giving, uh, if you're watching right now and you're a guest and you don't even know who we are, you're just we're looking for a place because your church was closed, uh, this, is, this is not directed to you because we don't ask our visitors to give anything to us. Uh, we only ask those who call Crossroads their home uh, to give regularly. So if you're a member of Crossroads and you call Crossroads your home, uh, you can still mail in your tithe check. Um, and again, I don't want to make this about money. So if you don't, I'm trusting that God will see us through this. Uh, this is a hard time for churches. I know I talked to several pastors online where we had conversations uh, about the fact that they will not be able to exist as an entity uh, if this thing goes on more than three weeks and they can't gather and they can't get their tithe. Um, so be in prayer for, for small local churches. I've had conversations this week with uh, lots of pastors who are trying to figure out this streaming thing. And it is because, let me say this, because of your faithful giving uh, that I was able to sit with some of them online and even this morning walk one guy through, hey, because he has the same uh, setup that we use for live streaming. Uh, he was trying something, it wasn't working, and I was able to talk him through, here's, how, here's what you need to do for that. Uh, talked to many pastors this week on, hey, if you're going to live stream, here's some basic things that you can do. And, and I wish every small church on the planet were able to, to do it. Uh, so keep that in prayer. But for those of you who give regularly, um, you can give online. Uh, again, if you're a visitor, this is not a call for you to give. Let this be our gift to you. Uh, for those of you who are regular Crossroads members, you can give online. You can go to our website. Uh, you can mail in your check. Uh, Karen and I will put on some rubber gloves every time we get the mail. Nothing against you. We just don't want to get sick. Uh, but we'll put on some rubber gloves every time we get the mail and, and uh, take your tithe check. Uh, and uh, for those of you who... Um, uh, already give. They've set up re reoccurring payments. Thank you for your faithfulness, because uh, again, that's what helps us do things like this. Uh, and we, 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 I want to be straightforward that uh, I shared this with, uh, I think it was Larry I was talking to yesterday, that um, if this goes on for several weeks and we don't get people giving their tithes, I'm trusting that God is going to see us through. Um, and I'm, I'm praying not just for our church, but for other local congregations, because I know not a lot of the local congregations in our area do they live stream or have they capability. They probably will if this goes on for the next week or two, because churches that have never done this before all of a sudden are like, hey, we got a live stream because we want to stay connected. Uh, but be in prayer for um, churches and for Oh, sorry. Someone else asked this question. I want to make sure I address it too. Communion. Uh, so live streaming and podcasts and communion. Communion, uh, we don't do communion every week like some people do or every month like some people do. We do it as the Holy Spirit leads based on what we're talking about. Uh, and there's actually a, uh, Paul does a, devotes a lot of time to this in the book of 1 Corinthians, which when we got to that was the next time we're going to do communion, so I don't have any communion planned. Uh, when we do do communion, it's by intinction, which means we hold, there's a plate of bread, and you come up, and you take off a piece, and you dip into it. Uh, we may alter that uh, just because even afterwards, people may be, you know, kind of gun-shy, uh, depending on how this plays out, so we may do communion in other ways. Uh, I do plan on, um, in the next couple of weeks, 
if this is still going, uh, and I'll, I'll share more during our prayer time throughout the week, uh, we're going to have an online communion uh, where we will do communion online. And I will get juice and bread out to all of you at separate times during the week. So that Sunday morning, uh, we're able to do communion together because I think that's a, a big part of being the church. Uh, so also, um, so we're going to have our Sunday celebrations. They're going to be available via live stream. Uh, the, uh, once we finish the live stream, uh, they are made available on our website, usually by Tuesday morning. And then they are, by Wednesday, sent to iTunes, wherever you get podcasts, so you'll still be able to get those. Um, there's usually a four-week lag between what we preach and teach and live stream on Sunday and when it shows up on Word FM on the radio. However, this particular message, uh, if I can get it to them in time, we're going to make available so that it's on Word FM this week, and that airs Thursdays at 2.30. Uh, so for the next couple of months, you'll be able to get those messages there, um, and that will, that will continue. But I want to share, I want to close out with this, just, just some strong, powerful verses that are going to encourage us uh, over the next couple of days. And if you want to uh, follow in your Bible, I'll try to slow as I go through these, but otherwise, uh, I'm just going to share them, and hopefully you guys can see them on the screen. Uh, but in Proverbs chapter 3, uh, which is one of my favorite verses. This is one of the verses that because of a trial in my life that God saw me through and someone introduced me to this verse, uh, this is my go-to verse. Uh, and it says, and this is the amplified version, lean on, trust in, be confident in the Lord with all your heart and your mind and do not rely on your own insight or own understanding or the media or the culture or the government or any of that. But in all your ways, know, recognize, acknowledge him and he will direct and make straight and plain your path. In other words, regardless of what's going on, whether it's a, a, a global pandemic, a global epidemic, or whatever the case, no matter what, be confident in the fact that we can trust in God, and he is going to direct our paths and make a way for us. And then in uh, the book of Psalms, Psalm 29, verse 11 says this, the Lord will give unyielding, impenetrable strength to his people. He will bless his people with peace. Any time that we think we're not going to go through this, trust that we're going to make it through, not because we're that good, but because God is that good to us. God is going to give us unyielding, impenetrable strength at any time, and all we have to do is ask. And then in the book of Philippians, uh, this is what Paul wrote to a group of people, a small church that were struggling, they were going through hard times, they were actually being persecuted, and he wrote this to them. He says, don't fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance, in everything, in all things, whether it be a mass shooting, whether it be a flu epidemic, whether it be influenza, whether it be AIDS, whether it be Ebola, Everything that happens in every circumstance, in everything, by prayer and petition, definite request with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. No matter the situation we're facing, no matter what we're going through, Paul says that we are continue to pray, which is why we're going to spend the next couple of weeks live streaming prayer against the prayer events together. 
uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights, and if we need to do more, uh, we'll do more. And then he says this. He says, and God's peace, and I have to make this clear, uh, where he says God's peace, he's not just referring to uh, a peace that, who I think things are going to be good, or a peace that, who I trust things are going to be good. He says God's peace, the peace that God has because God is sovereign, because God knows all things. God takes that peace and gives it to us. God's peace shall be yours, the tranquil state of a soul, assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God. And being content with this earthly lot of whatever sort it is, that's the peace that transcends all understanding that God gives to us. And he gives it to us whether we're going through, you know, whether we're home, self-isolation, whether we're sick, whether we're dealing with this global pandemic, or whether we're just all gathered online as the people of God saying, hey, God, uh, we really need to hear from you right now. And I want to close with this verse from uh, the uh, from Jesus that is shared in the Gospel of John. Jesus was with his disciples before he went to the cross. So this is one of those things that makes me just so trustworthy because Jesus knew what was coming. And long before, long before this global epidemic ever happened, Jesus sat with his disciples and he said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. And we need to kind of cling to that right now. Our confidence isn't on getting the latest update from the CDC. Our confidence isn't going to be uh, because the numbers are low or because maybe there has been or hasn't been an outbreak in our area. Our confidence is going to be in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he says, in the world, you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, and you have Ebola, and you have HIV, and you have mass shootings, and you have mean people, and you have governments that don't work the way you want to, and you have all of this stuff. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted. Be encouraged, for I have overcome the world. And that's such an important thing, especially right now. As I said, there's a lot of people who are unsure of what's going to happen in the days to come. There's a lot of people who are afraid of what's going to happen in the weeks to come. There are a lot of people sitting with loved ones who have impacted uh, or been infected by this disease. There's a lot of people sitting with loved ones who they hope won't. There's a lot of people who are sitting and like, I know you guys are afraid of this disease, but I'm sitting with cancer, or I'm dealing with this, or I'm dealing with that. There's a lot of people that are scared. There's a lot of people that are panicked. But for the people of God, we are the ones who have the hope of the world. We are the ones who should be able to step into the situation and says, just like Jesus said, hey, you know what? We have a God who gives us his peace and who has overcome the world. And yes, there will be trials, and yes, there will be tribulations, and yes, there will be things like this, and yes, there will be heartbreak, and yes, there will be times when things don't go right, yes, there will be times when the government messes up, yes, there will be times when, you know, global markets crash. But the people of God can help prevent that. Because here's the reality, if we think about it, it was not this global epidemic that crashed our stock market. It was panicked people that crashed the stock market. 
people who were fearful and didn't know what to do. But for the people of God, we have the opportunity now more than ever to unite people, to be the voice of peace, to be the voice of hope, and to show people without them ever stepping into a building where we gather what our God is capable of by just being the church for them. So what I want to do now is just spend a few minutes in, in prayer, uh, praying for all of those people who have been impacted by uh, just this global epidemic. So um, I'm going to ask you guys to bow your heads. And God, we lift up first and foremost, uh, again, all of the first responders, all of the doctors, all of the people in the medical profession who are dealing with this epidemic. We, we pray that you would put a hedge of protection around them, and we tend to think of them as separate from us. But for many of us, there are husbands and our wives, our brothers, our sisters, uh, our, our fathers and mothers, uncles and aunts. God, we pray that you would protect them because they're going to come into contact with so many people that are infected. God, we also lift up the medical profession as a whole as they seek to find a cure, a vaccine, or something to combat this. We pray that you would give them wisdom and insight. We pray that you would remove any roadblocks of, of separation and uh, allow them, that community, to work together uh, to bring a resolution and a cure. We pray for our government leaders uh, at the federal level, and, and I, we know that we love to criticize them if they're not from our party, but this is a disease that's not going to go after one party. It's just going to infect, in, infect all people. So we pray for a spirit of unity, that they would work together to put the people first, to do what's in the best interest of the people. We pray for the leaders uh, at the state and municipality level as they make decisions regarding school and how to care for people and how to use the resources that uh, they have available to them to help those in need. We pray for all of the workers that are going to be impacted that are uh, losing work, and we pray that uh, by your hand and through your people uh, that they would be able to be helped and supported we pray for all the children uh, that may not be getting meals because of the schools that are closed, and we pray again that your people would come together and find ways to get food to these people. And most importantly, God, we pray that your people, the people who are called by your name, the people who have the living Holy Spirit of God inside of us, that we would be the church that we wouldn't be the ones who gripe, we wouldn't be the ones who are panicking, but we would bring peace to every conversation, every post we make, every text that we send would be one that's encouraging, that's reassuring, that's helpful. We pray that your people would rise up and be the church. We pray that even if we haven't uh, been to church in a while or haven't prayed, that we would be falling on our faces, on our knees, on your behalf, giving you the praise that you are due, but also seeking you to intervene now more than ever. We pray that you would unite your people in seeking your face and being there for all of our communities 
We pray for the pastors that are making decisions about whether to open or to close their doors. And we pray for those that are seeking ways that they can still reach out and check on the people in their communities. And we pray again for us to be the church. And we pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. 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 We hope you enjoyed the message. If you did, please leave a comment on our webpage, crossroadsofjeffersonhills.com, or our Facebook page. You can also join our Sunday celebration every Sunday at 1037 a.m. We look forward to hearing from you online or in person. Thank you, and God bless.